As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in another CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy. For me. I feel like uh, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing this? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Happy Packer Week. Tim Boyle Week. Tim Boyle Week. I did not see that coming. I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of it, but it doesn't feel like that bodes well for Justin Fields. I don't know. My, oh, Trevor uh, right. my first reaction is like, oh, this is going to be Nathan Peterman's week to play the Packers. One of the many Bears quarterbacks in a long list to face the, the Packers in Aaron Rodgers' tenure. That's a, that was my first reaction. Ugh. My reaction is if it's anybody but Justin Fields, I don't really want to watch the game. Yeah, so like I literally visualized the graphic. Like If it's Nathan Peterman, that's a long list of quarterbacks who have faced Aaron Rodgers in this rivalry. And that's what I envisioned, like this long list of names on the left by the Bears and just one guy on the right in Aaron Rodgers. You know it's coming if it happens. Oh, yeah. So we'll hit the over on that one when we get to our over-unders yeah. later. Uh, what's going on, Bears fans? Uh, welcome in Adam Hogue, Adam Johns. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me at allchgo.com. I had a breakdown uh, yesterday on the building blocks on this roster. You've been teasing that for like five weeks. Have I? <laughs> it feels like it. So it means I finally did it? Stop procrastinating? Yeah, good job. Uh, and Johnsy's got his big Sanborn story, which I'm just upset I didn't get a mention in. Did you I deserve one? I I don't know. I, you know. Local podca- podcast host slash Badgers fan slash... Lake County white guy slash <laughs> Adam Hogue. 
Thanks, Jack Sanborn tackles well. Yeah. Although Matt Eberflus thought he needed to be better. I heard that. Little uh, criticism for the saying God. Not really criticism, just honesty. Appreciate that. Yeah. When I the coach there's, said, I yeah, there's, there's still more to work on. one in particular that probably stands out to him, and the Jets scored a touchdown on it. Yeah. There were like three missed tackles on that play. but um, A lot of guys blocked. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other problem. A lot of guys blocked the whole game, the whole season on the defensive lines specifically. Um, I, I do want to mention off the top of the show that uh, every single year when Spotify comes out with their wrapped like recaps, it is very humbling and um, kind of blows my mind the amount of time people spend listening to this podcast uh, throughout the year. So I just want to say thank you. And uh, thank you. It's, uh, you know, we we greatly appreciate it because we try to do our best to keep the season entertaining and, um, you know, the off season too, when things slow down and a lot of work gets put into it and our producer Kent and uh, people like Ernie that do the opens. There's a lot of people that, that work on this. And so um, just thank you to everybody that continues to listen. And um, it's, it's just, it's very rewarding. It's also, uh, we just appreciate it. So I just want to make sure that that was communicated because it's crazy the amount of t- uh, tweets we were getting yesterday. Yeah, it's, well, it is humbling. And we want to thank everybody who's now following us on YouTube. Those numbers are now flirting with 12,000, which is crazy to even think of watching our two ugly mugs talk about the bears on YouTube. But thank you to you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All the above. Thank you as always. All right, it is Packer week. I don't, this is one of the weirder Packer weeks, I feel like. Because like there was, and maybe still is a small scenario in which you could actually argue the Bears win this football game if Justin Fields were to play. Um, But I don't know, when they signed Tim Boyle. Let's start there. I mean, what do you make of that? To, to me... To me, my initial reaction, Johns, was just like this was a team that Sunday morning was in a position where they weren't sure if they were going to go into the game with one quarterback. And so they're just essentially signing some extra insurance there to make sure since they have two injured quarterbacks this week that that doesn't happen again. Yeah. It doesn't sound like Trevor Simeon is going to practice again today. And it sounds like Justin Fields is going to be limited every single day again this week. Day-to-day, I'll probably test things out pregame. I'll be honest, at this point, I would not be surprised if he sits out against the Packers. I'm starting to see greater value in resting him through the bye week and finishing strong the final four games, healthy, feeling good about everything he could do on the field. I think that's where I stand on things. I'm not buying into the into the idea that it's the Packers and you got to build everybody up to, to play this week. You got a lot of guys injured. A lot of guys injured. It's the three-win Bears versus the four-win Packers. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is playing or not. You have to think long-term about this with Justin Fields. But yes, when you sign Tim Boyle, you have four quarterbacks on your active roster. Four, Adam, four. Yeah. That seems to suggest that you're looking at a Nathan Peterman starting situation against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Yeah, or at least the possibility is they were sitting there on Tuesday looking at it because... It's quarterback. I mean, 
if there's any scenario in which Tim Boyle has to play any kind of snaps on Sunday, you can't just bring that dude in on Saturday or Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Simeon's oblique injury was serious enough to the point where the Bears literally announced he wasn't going to play. He took some medication and things changed, but he didn't practice Wednesday. I don't think he's going to be out there today. It's Thursday morning, 9-13. Bears practice in a few hours, but serious enough. Yeah. Well, and then meanwhile, on the other side of it, um, you know, if you're watching that Sunday night game with Aaron Rodgers, you're wondering if he was going to play. But it sure sounds like he will. I mean, he basically said... He's He'll do it. Look like he had broken ribs for a minute there. That's what I thought it was, especially because he's worried. He's like, I can't breathe and want to get x-rays to see if his lung was punctured. Yeah, yeah. he said that after the game. That sounds more like broken ribs, but I don't know. He, he said he's playing. He's already playing through a broken thumb. That's a different conversation. We'll have that with Matt Schneiderman here, here soon, but at this point, four wins. I'm sure he wants to play, but I mean, I'm sure he's not turning the page on to, to next year quite yet. Right. Hey, real quick, uh, before we bring Matt in, I should have mentioned when we were talking about the Spotify stuff that um, I did throw this out there on Twitter yesterday, but whatever the, if you tweet at us like a screenshot of how many minutes you listen to Hogan Johnson share, the top three that we see will get a free Hogan John shirt from Obvious Shirts. So I think there was one, the one yesterday where I tweeted this, I think it was 4,600 something minutes. Yeah, I think that's the high. I wanted to say it was 4,800 minutes. Maybe. I could check Maybe. quickly. Maybe so I could check quickly. We'll give you another day or so after listening to this and then we'll, we'll pick them out. Hopefully I see them all. Um, but and here's one, 4,100. It's just, again, very humbling, and thank you all. Yeah, and by the way, we realize people also listen on Apple, and we thank you, too. I realize that they don't do the same, like, rap thing, and so you can't potentially get a shirt. We appreciate you, too, and we'll find ways to, to do other giveaways that you can participate in as well. Also, the YouTube crowd, which is huge. Um, you as well. Thank you very much, obviously. However you guys listen, watch. Thank you so much, and uh, as we always say, tell a friend. Get somebody else uh, that you know involved in the Hogan Johns podcast. So thank yeah, you very 4, much. 4,600 looks like the high right now. We got a 4,500. Just thank you. Yeah. All right, uh, let's bring in Matt Schneidman. You know him from uh, pretty much every Packer week. We have him here on the show, and... Uh, He's beating be your hair game right now if you're watching no, YouTube. Wow. It, it, it was messed up. I tried to to fix it so it didn't look like this, but listen, I can't beat the gentleman in the top left of my screen's hair game, So, but I can try. Well, sometimes you can. Mm. You're giving it to Matt right now, though? Mine's at least combed. <laughs> I still got that. <laughs> Is that a Syracuse shirt? Uh, no, it's a Chicago Bears shirt. No, it's a Syracuse oh, okay. shirt. <laughs> Just making sure. I know you went there. All right, I'll make sure you're following Matt on Twitter at Matt Schneidman. Um, does a great job covering the Packers, as always. And uh, basically every Aaron Rodgers story, you are on top of it. So uh, we were just discussing. 
I, I mean, I have two angles I want to go with you with when it comes to Rodgers. First of all, how bad is the injury just from a reporting st- standpoint? Then eventually I also want to talk about like whether or not he should actually be playing um, just for you know the position the Packers are in. But first, why don't you give us an update just on what that was he was actually dealing with on Sunday night and how he could still potentially affect him in this game Sunday. Yeah, so he took uh, a hit. I don't, I don't think it was a sack. He took a hit. Uh, in the second quarter against the Eagles on Sunday night, kind of fell on the ribs a little bit, um, was battling through it, and then he took a sack on the first drive of the third quarter. Then that's when he said he had difficulty breathing and turning his body. He finished the third quarter, played 10 more plays um, on a field goal drive, and then ran to the locker room. And, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers play with a a broken toe and a broken thumb the past two seasons, and he's played through it, but this was just – too much for him to to go through. He said yesterday that he felt better on Wednesday than he expected to. Um, it, it's nothing that's going to keep him out, as you guys know. Uh, if it was a week eight game against the Carolina Panthers when the Packers were six and one, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he would still play. He did say yesterday that being a trip to Soldier Field is kind of more incentive to play. Alan Lazard said yesterday, Alan Lazard was asked yesterday if he was surprised, you know, that Rodgers was playing through injury. And he said, well, he has to renew his ownership twice a year anyway. So that was kind of the uh, people didn't like that on Twitter because they, fired. They're, they're like a four and eight team is talking trash. I don't know about that, but he wouldn't get into specifics about, you know, is a rib broken or whatever. He did say on McAfee the other day that the scans came back clean. He expects to play, said the same thing to us uh, yesterday. Here's what he said yesterday, you know, if he was surprised how good he was feeling. He was like, it's definitely more of a positive surprise, I would say. Done a lot of rehab the last few days. Got some stuff I do at the house as well. Always on my herbs and my teas and all the other things that help make me feel better. <laughs> and so, That's a long list for him, right? <laughs> he'll play. <laughs> um, how, how is the city of Green Bay handling, as you said, a 4-8 and eight team? quarterback who's old and seems to be hurt all the time now like how is how are our friends up north dealing with all this this year not great I mean it's it's so (laughs) foreign to what has happened here at least in my this is now my fourth year covering the team and they've won 13 games each of the past three years but I think people have turned on on Rodgers very quickly um I'm not trying to defend him or anything but I think people forget that he won the last two MVPs and they think, you know, okay, if we can't win anything with him, get him out of here. And I think what Jordan Love did in the fourth quarter against the Eagles make people want to see more, entice people to want to see more. And I don't think they're too happy with Rodgers' insistence on playing until the Packers have a literal 0% chance of making the playoffs because they want to see what Love has. Now, granted, Ryan Gutekunst could already know what Jordan Love is before he has to decide on his fifth-year option in May. Ryan Gutekunst, we're we're all sitting here saying, oh, we need to see him in more consistent game action. Gutekunst could already know. He could already be like, this guy's good enough, this guy's not good enough. It might not even matter because there's one person who runs this organization who determines his future, and his his name is Aaron Rodgers. Like, I I doubt – we'll talk to Gutekunst next week. He's being made available to us during the bye week. But um, I doubt – that a they can't realistically trade him from a financial standpoint b i don't know how realistic it is to think that 
the general manager is going to say, we're trading you. Rodgers has said he wants to finish his career at Packer. I honestly think, and this is just my gut, that he will go out on his own terms. He will tell them, I want to keep playing or I want to retire. It's whatever he determines. So whether they pick up Love's fifth-year option, the timeline for him eventually starting, if they think he can, isn't really up to him. It's more up to what Aaron Rodgers decides. But don't they still need to play Jordan Love at some point? Like... Not even to know if he's. I don't. I don't even know if like from him being potentially still the future quarterback of the Packers is even realistic, given how much that Aaron Rodgers contract has you know things tied down right now. But even if like, I mean, isn't there still a world if he were to come in and play well that they could trade Love this off season? They could, um, but then that would be assuming they don't think. Love is the the quarterback of the future, and then maybe they they go and get a quarterback in this year's draft. That could be along their line of thinking. It all depends on what they think of Love as the quarterback of the future. I mean, it would be – I don't know how much of a market there is for Jordan Love because, yes, the Packers know what he's done against the scout team defense in practice every week, or not the scout team defense, on the scout team offense against the starting defense. but other teams looking for him, do they go back to their draft evaluation of him? I mean, that was almost three years ago by the time they would trade for him. And there's not much, you know, real game tape to go off of that's available to the rest of the league. And it hasn't been great outside of Sunday. You know, the one game he started and played the whole game was in Arrowhead last year when Rodgers had COVID and love was terrible. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of a market there would be. Maybe, you know, I, I really do think if the Packers lose on Sunday or whenever they are mathematically eliminated, that Jordan Love will start the rest of the season. Uh, I asked Rodgers after the game on Sunday, you know, what what do you want to get out of playing if you do keep playing the rest of this season? And part of his answer was, if we do become mathematically eliminated, I will be open to conversations that will be had. And what he's saying, obviously, is them wanting to see more of Jordan. Um, we'll see if it happens. I don't think they trade him just because I don't think the demand would be high enough. And with the year-to-year uncertainty of Rodgers' future, you don't want to leave yourself vulnerable to Rodgers retires after the 2023 season and you don't have anyone in place ready to be a starter. Whereas if you keep Jordan Love, even if you don't exercise his fifth-year option and Rodgers retires after next season, you can just re-sign Love in free agency, in unrestricted free agency, without guaranteeing that $19.8 million in 2024, which you probably can't do anyway in May because you don't know if Rodgers is going to then decide again after the 23 season that he wants to come back. So you kind of pigeonhole yourself and it's kind of not the fault, but because the current starting quarterback, I don't know if he'll be like, all right, I'm committing for two more years or just say one. So it's a, it's a whole bunch of crap that we have to, (laughs) that we have to cover here. That's, that's to be determined. They're kind of stuck. I want to I want to stay on Jordan Love for a little bit because you know we've had this running bit on here that we think he sucks on the podcast. Like they wouldn't resign Jordan Love <laughs> or wouldn't resign Aaron Rodgers to that contract if Jordan Love was good. So you're you're watching that game against the Eagles and he's he looks good. Like he throws that that that, that long was like an out route or curl route on the right mm-hmm. side. Then you're thinking, oh man, like. That's different. Christian Watson takes the the pass over the middle, takes the end zone. Like, are you thinking any differently about him? Sounds like the fans are by what he did against the Eagles. Yeah, I think 
the, his best throw was an incompletion because it was kind of that whole shot to Aaron Jones on the sideline that he dropped. Um, that was his best throw. Everything else, and Love said this himself after the game. He was like, yeah, they were playing a lot of soft coverage because they knew we had to pass. And, you know, he came in when they were down 14 points with about 11 minutes left. Um, but what was encouraging was how he kind of handled the, the hurry-up stuff, how in rhythm he felt. He didn't seem skittish or, or like he was panicking back there. The throws that he did make were accurate. There were a couple times where he could have run around the corner, but in general, his accuracy was there. His zip was there. I mean, in years past, just in training camp, he's thrown way too many like dead ducks. His spiral has not been, you know, anywhere good. I don't know if, how many I can't I can count on the uh, on one hand how many dead ducks I've seen Aaron Rodgers throw in four years here. But from all accounts, it seemed guys, players, coaches were very uh, pleased with what Jordan Love did. I have also been of the belief that he's not very good, but I don't think that is because, you know, Matt LaFleur was asked the other day, in essence, what does it say about Jordan Love that you're willing to play a quarterback with banged up ribs, a broken thumb over him? And LaFleur adamantly pushed back. He was like, no, 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 that's not how we view it. We're very confident in both those guys. I think at the end of the day, it's just Rodgers gives them the better chance to win. I don't think that's an indictment on Love. Um, but it would be unfair of me to sit here. I know I just said it, but to definitively say he's not good, he is good, or he's never going to be the starting quarterback. I'm of the firm belief that, you know, they had to extend Rodgers, not because Love wasn't ready, but because he won back-to-back -back MVPs. You had no other choice. People who say, oh, they should have traded Rodgers. I don't agree. If he had two, like, slightly above average seasons, then yes, extending him would be an indictment on Love. But you literally had no other choice. He was perhaps the best player in football for two straight years. So we'll see on Jordan Love. I think I think the jury's still out. If he plays the last four games of the season, then we'll have a more accurate idea. But even what he did against the Eagles with the defense the Eagles were playing, the situation of the game with how much they were down. If he came into a tie game, it would be different. But he came in down 14. They kind of let him have some things. So I'm still not ready to make any conclusions yet. Matt, despite the Bears being in a similar spot as they usually are record-wise, um, or just overall feeling about the the uh, you know the season, I guess, uh, going into one of these Bears-Packers games, um, we are in a very different position on this podcast this year, where almost every week the Bears play a team that potentially has regrets about not drafting Justin Fields, and this is a <laughs> new this is a new thing that uh, uh, certainly we are not used to. Uh, dealing with, but the Packers have been part of that discussion sometimes because depending on how real some believe those trade talks were on draft day back in 2021, that mm -hmm. was the biggest story of draft day going before the actual draft started that day was, are the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers? Should the Packers be considered in that lump of teams that looking back on it, are going to regret not making a big move where they could have potentially traded Rodgers that day and drafted Justin Fields with one of the picks they got back, particularly if it was coming back from Denver? I don't think so. Even if they were in position to draft him, they wouldn't have because they had drafted Jordan Love the year prior. And even if they think you know Justin Fields is going to be better than Jordan Love, you have a general manager here who has 
it's probably the same as most general managers. They have an ego to protect and that's kind of why they're in the job in the first place. And um, he would not draft a quarterback two years in a row because that would make it seem like he's admitting that Jordan Love was the wrong pick just one year after he took him. So I don't think Goody would have done that anyway. But I think where the the feelings of, I don't know if it's regret, but disappointment, whatever you want to call it, is if Justin Fields runs all over them and throws all over them for the next 10, 15 years. I don't think it would be, oh, we should have taken this guy because it wasn't realistic to think. Like you can do that with when they – traded out of the first round in 2017 and then TJ Watt went with the original pick they traded. And then they took Kevin King with the first pick of the second round. Or you can say that in 2019 when they took Jay Sternberger in the third round and Terry McLaurin went with the very next pick. Like those are the things you can kick yourself about because they needed a wide receiver. Then they, they needed a pass rusher with TJ Watt. I don't think it's, realistic or fair to be like, Oh, they should have drafted Justin Fields when they weren't really in a position to. Um, and like I just said, I don't think it was ever a realistic possibility or thought that they were going to trade Rogers. Goody maintained throughout that whole off season that he wasn't going to, he held firm, it paid off. Um, so yeah, it's fun to look back on that, but I, I just don't know how realistic that is. But here's the thing. Did it really pay off? I know they well, had one more good year and I he know. was the MVP, but now they're they're they almost look like I mean I'm not going to put them in Broncos territory with how stuck they are with the quarterback contract, yeah. but it's not looking good. No, I agree. When I say payoff, I mean just with his individual performance. Obviously, the team didn't win anything, and obviously Rodgers played terribly in the uh, divisional round against the 49ers. But that year, what they played the Buccaneers in the in the NFC Championship game that year. They scored what twenty six points. It was their their defense was terrible. Their their like that wasn't really his fault that they lost. For the most part, over the last two seasons, or I actually no okay so twenty twenty one, and then they lost to the forty ers So not the Buccaneers game, but the forty ers game. He was certainly at fault for that game. But he also won MVP in the regular season. So who knows if they would have even made the playoffs if he wasn't there. If the barometer for paying off is winning a Super Bowl, of course it didn't pay off. It only it doesn't pay off for 31 other teams. But I also don't know if they did draft Justin Fields, how many times it would quote unquote pay off over the next 10 to 15 years. So it's it's certainly an interesting hypothetical. But I will say, I just don't think, regardless of Rodgers, I don't think they would have taken a quarterback just because they had Jordan Love and if I know this GM, I don't know if he would want to admit that that was, quote-unquote, the wrong pick just a year after he made it. So last year was the special teams coordinator at fault, right, because of, well, that 49ers yeah. game. This year, is it Joe Barry? Is he the one who becomes the, the scapegoat for, for things in Packers land? I would imagine so. Um, there is going to be a scapegoat on the defensive side of the ball after the season. If there's not, then, like, what the hell are you doing? They rank kind of in the middle of the league and, you know, points allowed per game, that kind of stuff. But their run defense, again, is horrible. That's on the GM. That's on the coaches. That's on the players. But it's not just if they rank, you know, 19th in points allowed per game. That doesn't get someone fired. What gets you fired is having all this talent and the 
vast underperformings of almost everyone on the defense. Listen, they're, they're without their best defensive player, Rashawn Gary, tore his ACL a couple weeks ago. But the other injuries are not an excuse. Devondre Campbell, who was a first-team All-Pro inside linebacker last year, he was bad before he got injured. He might be, you know, back this week, actually. Um, Eric Stokes, their 2021 first-round pick, the guy who they ended up taking when they didn't trade Rodgers in that 2021 first round, he was bad this year. He's out for the season. But they have Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, who's been bad this year, Darnell Savage, first-round pick, Rasul Douglas, Pro Bowl alternate last year, Quay Walker, rookie first-round pick, Kenny Clark, pro Bowl, three-time Pro Bowler. Like, this should be a good defense. And we all wrote, and they all said, you know, they expect big things from this defense, and they've just been bad. They're run de- they gave up 363 yards on the ground last week to the Eagles. Like, that's absurd. That's crazy. And yeah, it's easy to look at the coordinator and say, oh, that's the scapegoat because you can't fire the team. So you might have to fire the coach, but they missed 22 tackles. <sighs> you can only coach tackling so much like PFF had the Packers as the second best tackling team in the league last year. They have most of the same players, the same coordinator. That's just bad execution. Yeah. And Matt LaFleur said most of the time they're missing these tackles. They're in the proper position. So yes, some of the scheme stuff, the amount of off coverage they play is is you know cringeworthy at times and that's on the defensive coordinator and you know yes obviously some of it's on joe barry but at the same time matt lafleur hired joe barry he was his hand-picked guy after mike Petton left because Petton was a carryover from the mike mccarthy staff it's on lafleur it's on joe barry it's on the players who are just forget how to tackle lafleur is not a guy who's going to fire someone in season so it's not going to happen in the next five, six weeks. It's more likely it happens after the season, but even then I'm not sold that it's going to. LaFleur said the other day he doesn't think there's an issue with the defensive play caller. So if he doesn't think there's an issue now, who knows if he's going to think there's an issue in, in a month and a half. Yeah, I still wonder if Jimmy Leonard's going to be the DC in a few months. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> no? I don't know. It. it he was never officially offered the job before the 2021 season. It was more of a, all right, we're looking at you, we're talking, and then Leonard pulled his name out of the discussion to go back to Wisconsin. I wouldn't be shocked if Lafleur went back to him and said, hey, man, let's try again, because obviously Leonard is not going back to Wisconsin expecting to one day be the head coach now. Right. But we'll see. It's certainly on the table if they do fire Joe Barry, which, like I said, Oddly enough, I'm not sold that they do. Okay, that's it. fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um. Well, one guy the Bears, uh, Bears fans especially, have an eye on every single week is Christian Watson because uh, down here in Chicago, they're very frustrated with the wide receivers. And Christian Watson's been interesting to watch this year because he is clearly just incredibly fast and electric once he gets the ball in his hands. The problem seems to be getting the ball in his hands sometimes uh, due to his own drops and issues like that. How how promising does he look at this point in the season? Um, what's his ratio of big plays to Aaron Rodgers' uh, eye rolls? Because I see it seems like uh, it's, they've been about 50-50 to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wrote today... Forget Christian Watson becoming the Packers' number one wide receiver in the future. He's he's exactly that right now, and I really think he is. Um, the upside there is incredible. Sure, yes, he's had a couple drops, but what's been most impressive to me is like in the Cowboys game uh, in Week Ten, 
he dropped two passes on the first drive, and then he came back and caught four for 107 yards and three touchdowns. He dropped a pass early against the Eagles. Then he comes back, catches four for 100 and another touchdown. That that uh, 63-yarder from Love, well, 63-yard touchdown, but the slant. Um, what's been most impressive is he's not like a Marquez Valdez-Scantling where he can just beat guys over the top and catch deep balls. He's done a a variety of different things. They've used him, used him in like the jet sweep game too. He scored a touchdown on that. Yes. He needs to improve on, on his hands a little bit, but I think the ratio of Christian Watson, eye popping plays to Aaron Rodgers eye rolls has, has increased over the length of the season. As in, there's a lot more great plays compared to Rodgers eye rolls. He, he really trusts this kid. He, he, if he didn't, he wouldn't keep going back to him after these drops. Um, you remember the very first play of the season, Watson burns Patrick Peterson in Minnesota. Rodgers puts one right in his hands and he drops what would have been a walk-in 75-yard touchdown. Then he misses three full games with hamstring injuries, chunks of three others with a concussion, the hamstring, and some other stuff. He missed you know, two and a half weeks of training camp because he had knee surgery in the offseason. The last three games have been the first three has been the first three-game stretch of the whole season where he hasn't left a game early and hasn't returned or not played entirely. And we've seen what he can do. He has 12 catches for 265 yards and six touchdowns the last three weeks. So is he going to continue at this pace the rest of the season? Probably not. But what he has showed is, no, he's not Devontae Adams yet, but it seems like the Packers have found their next stud receiver after the first round, which, contrary to popular belief, you can find those guys outside the first round here in Green Bay. Devontae Adams is another example. Um, I want to remind all our Bears listeners that the Bears did not have an opportunity to draft Christian Watson. He went (laughs) like the second pick in the Yeah, he went at 34, and Kyler Gordon went at 39. 39. They weren't going to trade up up with the lack of Um, draft. And and people who say, oh, if we didn't trade Devontae Adams, we'd have Devontae Adams and Christian Watson. Well, no, because you traded up to number 34 using one of the picks you got for Devontae Adams. So. The replacement. Yeah. Last one for you, Matt. Um, I know it's Thursday, Thursday morning here. Um, but how you feeling? We don't know who's playing quarterback for the for the Bears. It could be Nathan Peterman. Oh, so get ready for that. Um, how do you feel about the, this matchup on Sunday? Yeah, I think it would be in the Packers' best interest long term to lose just for draft position and seeing Jordan Love the last four games because this would mathematically eliminate the Packers and then we'd see Love for the last four games. So uh, for storyline purposes, it would be more intriguing for Packer fans to have the Packers lose this game for those two reasons. I just don't see it happening. I mean, as, <laughs> as, as terrible as they've been this season, as bad as the defense is, even if Justin Fields plays and runs all over them, the offense has kind of started to figure some things out. They scored 28 against the Cowboys. They scored 33 against the Eagles. Um, those are two of the better teams in the NFC. Even with Rodgers injured, like this Bears defense is, as you guys know, is not very good. And they're without several key players, including several key players from the last time these two teams played that are now on different teams. So I think with, you know, Lazard, Jones and Dylan, Watson, I don't think it matters if Rodgers or Love's in there or if Fields plays. I think the Packers win. It'll probably be, 
you know, a game where both teams are in the high 20s, something like that, maybe even the 30s, with how bad these two defenses are. But it's still, I understand he's banged up. I understand he's hurt. But it's still Aaron Rodgers at Soldier Field. Um, however many Bears fans want to disagree with that notion, go ahead. But he, he I don't, I don't think any amount of injury would would let him lose at Soldier Field, especially these <laughs> days in this Bears defense. So I, I think that he wants win. this one. I, we get yeah. you. We heard. I you. think he the Packers <laughs> win. Yeah, it would be very, very Bears though to have some weird scenario where Nathan Peterman beats Aaron Rodgers. Packers end up drafting higher, taking some player that then kills the Bears <laughs> yeah. for the next ten years, and it's all Nathan Peterman's fault. Listen, I mean, if Aaron, if if Jordan loves not if the Packers lose this weekend. They would go into position for a top five pick. They have the Dolphins and the Vikings left on their schedule. If the Packers get the number two pick in the end because they lose to the Bears this game, and then they draft CJ Stroud, and Rodgers plays one more year, Stroud sits behind him. They think Jordan Love's not the guy, and then CJ Stroud kills Justin Fields for the next 10 to 15 years. Ooh. <laughs> Time for you to go now, Matt. Or make <laughs> people angry. Maybe they just draft that left tackle from Northwestern that Fishbane thinks should be the number one overall pick. He's good, though. He's pretty good. He's, he's very good. good. He's very good. <laughs> that would be a very Packers move, actually. They've taken yeah. a, a couple local kids who have started for him. Yeah. Uh, they like Northwestern. Starts. They draft yeah. the North. They go after the Northwestern kids at the Bears. Yeah, know. they're going to let Dean Lowry play for them until his body literally falls apart because he hasn't done anything this year. Uh, Dean's a good guy. He is. All right, um, Matt, really good stuff. We appreciate you coming on again. And uh, hope you have a rest of uh, a good week covering, you know. Welcome to our world, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's December. It's different. And the season is over. All right. Have a good day, man. We'll see you Thanks, Sunday, guys. Matt. See you Sunday. All right, good stuff from, from Matt Schneidman there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, three big questions. I, I want to keep with this topic for a little bit. Okay. Entertain me a little bit here, Adam Hogue. Okay. What if we're wrong, specifically you, about Jordan Love? 
if if we're wrong about Jordan Love and he's actually good, then I have even more questions about what the hell the Packers have been doing the last couple of years. I like how you flip that. But isn't good. that? Tr- but that's it's what true. my I don't watch Jordan Love in practice. I don't. I don't have. I actually kind of liked him coming out, not a ton, but I defended that draft selection when the Packers made it. What I haven't defended is everything they've done since. Because every move that they've made screams that they don't believe in him. Yeah, it says that that he stinks or he isn't as good as they thought he was for a first-round pick. So if there is a world in which he's good, like the Packers have really backed themselves in this corner. It's probably a good thing for them if Jordan Love is actually good. But they're going to have to deal with a couple years of being ha- like having no cap space because they still paid Aaron Rodgers ridiculous yeah, amount. Yeah. I, I I still think there's this idea of you don't really know, right? Because he's he's barely played in the in, in 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 actual games that matter. Yeah, but maybe they know enough not to want to know what could happen in, in games that matter. Because <laughs> this is where they're at. I will tell you this, like, and kind of Matt hinted at this. I'm not over. I watched that entire fourth quarter. I'm not. I wasn't wowed by Jordan Love. The, 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 I'm glad Jordan Love pointed it out. I mean, the the Eagles were sitting back and leaving big holes in the zone, and you know, good they, for him. They, for they wanted them. you to catch the ball in front of them so they could eat the clock up. Yeah, it. I don't think Christian Watson did some something impressive. Right, that was insane. But that was Christian Watson. I mean, that was a. That was a quarter. Nathan Peterman could have hit Christian Watson on that play, and it, good for him. I mean, that guy's gonna be that guy. I believe is gonna be a problem for the Bears because he's he still hasn't quite Christian Watson quite hasn't figured out the my biggest concern, which was he had as many drops in college as touchdowns. But man, the touchdowns are exciting, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, but they, he, they scream he, NFL player. He could just be that guy, though. Yeah. You know, where he, he has one bad drop a game, but then he finishes with six catches for 95 yards and a score. And he can grow out of it. Dude, it took Devontae Adams a couple years. Yeah. Before he became Devontae Adams. Yeah. Number two, rank the situations, the quarterback situations. Rank the quarterback situations in the NFC North for 2023. Wow. One through four. Okay, can I... One, for, one you like him. You like it. Okay. What, you got a question? Well, is it like rank the quarterback situations in terms of being in position to win in 2023 or just like in general? How, how about what would like, I want? Which quarterback room would I want? Yeah, go with what you want. Likeability. I mean, as it stands now, and granted, one of these teams could draft, you know, one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft this year. How do you not put the Bears first? My point exactly. I think you have to. I mean, if I'm sitting there and I'm like, how do I win this year? I mean, I, I as much as I talk smack about Kirk Cousins, like you feel good about Kirk Cousins as your starter. If you're Yeah. Just trying you, to be a you know, a team that can win the division. I don't think he's you, ever gonna win you a Super Bowl, but you do but that that that's it, right? Yeah. I think eventually all these feel good vibes for the Vikings. Like they strike me as a team. Like I feel like every year there's a team like this that has just like this impressive season, and then they just hit a wall in the postseason. Yeah. There's some hump that they can't get over, and I think this is the story of Kirk Cousins' career. I will say this: I don't know that the door is shut completely on the Packers. 
with Rodgers. I think most likely the same thing. Super Bowl, I don't know about that because I just don't see how with that quarterback contract that they're going to be able to fix enough of the problems that they have. But they get a couple, you know, Christian Watson continues to develop. They add another wide receiver. All of a sudden, they have a couple weapons. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not, Aaron Rodgers isn't completely yeah. washed up. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've written off, like Tom Brady's been written off a few times, and then Tom Brady comes yeah. back and wins Super Bowls. Like Aaron Rodgers was written off a few years ago, then he wins back-to-back MVPs as three consecutive 13-3 and three seasons. But Father Time hits you fast. Yeah. He needs it's starting help. to get there. It's starting yeah. to get there. The injuries are mounting. And then you have Jared Goff in Detroit. So you would go one, Bears, which is crazy, two, Vikings, I, three. I, I, I think I'd still go Rodgers over Cousins. Okay. So one, Bears, two, Packers, three, Vikings, four, Lions, who we think, or who we believe should draft the quarterback this year. Yeah. Okay. I think the Vikings need to consider it too, but they're not going to be in position to get one of those top guys. Yeah. Kirk Cousins always puts up good numbers, but it's always about playoff victory. Hey, good for him. He had a primetime win last week. He did. You like that? Not really. It ruined my parlay. Number three. What positions are you starting to watch more of in college football, whether it's film, highlights, games, looking at scouting reports? Like what positions in terms of the Bears are you starting to do more research on? Ooh. Give me Ooh. three. Well, first of all, three technique. Yeah, the kid from Georgia. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter's the obvious one, but if they don't go that direction early, who are the other ones you could potentially grab in the second round? How much are we going to talk about the Bears not having that early second round pick? <laughs> it's good. I feel like that's just going to be a lot. An, an endless... Unless and, Pulse trades back, which is definitely on the table, I would believe. But so Will Anderson from Alabama, if you got a top five pick, yeah, there's two very special defensive players, right? right for there. me, yeah, for me, it's the three technique and it's and it's defensive end. You you have to you have to either get that three technique that kind of unlocks the whole defensive line, or add an elite pass rusher, and. Probably spend money there, too, because, I mean, we've seen teams like Washington go, like, how many years in a row where they drafted D-linemen? It takes some time. Yeah. Well, they got four really good ones right now. Well, right now it's paid off. Yeah. San Francisco's a team that does it, too. Um, Right now they oh, got nothing. Oh, investment there. in the trenches? Yeah. I mean, that's really where it is for me. And then looking at the uh, tackles, too. Yeah, Peter Skronsky. Now I think, the the kid from Al, uh, not Alabama but Penn State, right? Wasn't he a projected top ten pick? The offensive tackle. I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's staying at Penn State for another year. That yeah, that's crazy. Things. That's well, it's not crazy. Don't want to put that on him, but that was surprising. Surprising. Joey Porter Jr. If you want to go corner, premier positions. I wouldn't draft him top five, but if you're in a position where you trade back. I said this yesterday. Skaronsky already gives me Quentin Nelson vibes. Not necessarily in playing style. They obviously play different positions. But just in terms of how confident I am that he's going to be a plug-and-play starter, day one, reliable. 
yeah. which is rare for an offensive lineman, especially yeah. a tackle. Dude had like virtually a perfect season on a bad team for a very bad team. And and I was still doing Northwestern sidelines his freshman year when he, you know, he walked he walked in that building from Maine South and did not flinch. Started day 1, boom. Had a great season. So I always like guys that show that they can do that because it's a pretty good indication that they're going to be able to do that at the next level too. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned about Ryan Poles and Ian, Ian Cunningham, it's their investment up front is going to be taken seriously. Yeah. A lot of swings at offensive linemen. Over and unders. You ready for this? This yes. is from CJ Wilkie. We we got a few of this of this this one. CJ Wilkie. Number of times Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears is mentioned. He'll set it at two and a half. I like that number. Some some readers had it lower than that. I, I like two and a half because you can continue to use it like before the game, during the game, touchdown pass here or there, mm-hmm. fan interactions. I'm gonna go over. I think you get three of them from the broadcast. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Adam Amin's calling this game. Oh, you'll get a couple then. So he's obviously very familiar with that whole storyline. Um, yeah, I'm going to go over two. Yeah, I think over two and a half. From Logan, over and under the times the broadcast mentions Aaron Rodgers' injury. We're gonna oh, go a thousand. Yes. Yeah, injuries. Yeah. W- way over. Way over two. Yeah, he said it at four and a half. You'll get five, six, or seven. Because even if it's not mentions, you know those camera shots are going to be. This his taped up thumb will get three of them. Yeah, and then they're going to look at anytime he goes like this and grabs his chest. And yeah, you'll get that like commercial break, like slow video of him like yeah cringing. Look, that that counts. It, and I want to be very careful with this because Aaron Rodgers is obviously a tough quarterback and has played through stuff his entire career. I give him a lot of credit for that. Aaron Rodgers also likes to remind you when he's playing through some stuff. Yeah. Whether it's talking about it or on the field, the way that that toe injury last year got, remember, I mean, that became a a, a running bit on this show. It's like, how much, come on, man. I I understand it doesn't feel good and you're playing through pain, but I mean, it's, it's pinky toe. This is from Pat. Over and under, two and a half, mentions of all time victories for the Bears and Packers. The Packers are winning this, right? Right now? Or is it still Isn't it tied? tied? Is it tied still? Uh I guess we could look at the game notes if you want to talk about it. Yeah, no, I mean it's right there. I don't think they I want to say it's still tied. Both these teams I mean the I Packers have missed a, right. a huge opportunity to to run away with this this season. As the Bears continue to lose games. I think it was a couple years ago where the Packers actually like caught up to the Bears. Who was starting for the Bears at quarterback? I was in Green Bay for this game. Like it was just a normal like Sunday night bye week Bears game, and I went up for it. I can't remember, but yeah, the the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers eras have completely changed the the all time victories list. Yeah, Let's leave it at that. All right, real Mikey. This from real Mikey over under. I like this one. Over and under on penalties against the Bears, six and a half. But he has the over under on penalties against the Packers, two and a half. (laughs) 
So penalties on the Bears, six and a half. Penalties on the Packers, two and a half. We know how these games shake out. Yeah. Another way to look at this, the difference in penalties between the two teams, set that at four and a half, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, however you want to look at it. Because um, the Bears aren't. It's gotten a little worse. The penalties aren't out of control, though. Um, but yeah, do the do the Packers have do the Bears have four and a half more penalties than the Bears in this game? Uh, I want to say yes. 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 A lot of young players playing. The penalties have seemingly increased, and we know how these games just just shake out. We do. Aaron Rodgers will get a couple with his cadence. Mm-hmm. He'll take his free play. He'll, he'll move on. We, we've he'll he'll, he'll get his one roughing call. Yes. Oh, if he's got the acting going with the, uh-huh. you know the cringing, you might get a couple. And, and if you're if you're drawing roughing the passer calls on this Bears defensive line, I mean you're doing something right because that requires them to touch you. <laughs> they don't hit you. Ouch! <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Speaking of which. Couple gameplay ones from at Poles Goat. That that is the Twitter handle at Poles Goat. Number of targets for Chase Claypool six and a half. I'm gonna go under. Yeah, that's too high. Yeah. Number of sacks from the defensive lineman at a half. Ooh. I'm gonna this go was... over. They get yeah, maybe one. No. Uh. <sighs> under. Under. They don't get. They don't get any. Yeah, I, that was my bold prediction last week. I got it. You did get it. One. Can't do it again. I'm going to take under. Okay, under. Number of Sam Bourne solo tackles, five and a half. I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm going to go over too. Definitely. All right, which brings us to bold predictions. Mine has to do with Sam Bourne. And actually, the last two things we talked about. Sam Bourne, sack on Rodgers. Okay. That's it. He gets a sack on Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I'm trying to think of a better one than I had earlier. You're not allowed to... No, no, Anything no. on Komet, anything on Claypool. Don't do it. <laughs> Who's Adam Jones, go ahead. Who's playing... Okay, we'll just say Jalen Johnson interception. Ooh, that would be bold. That'd be very bold. He only has one in his career. Yeah, so, so very bold. I want to say the secondary gets one, maybe off a tip pass somehow. Jalen Johnson interception. Okay. Here we go. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Well, let's talk about the game then. Fox, noon, Packers at Bears. Bears are four and a half point underdog in this game. I got to take the Packers. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers. Um, Even with Justin Fields. Like if he plays, I don't think he plays. I don't think he should play. I think he should return, but I don't know if he should play quite yet, just listening to him on Wednesday. Um, but if he plays, I don't think he's the same in terms of running. Jalen Hurts is, is obviously healthy, and that offensive line for the Eagles is just better. The Bears could probably run on the Packers a little bit, even with Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman, but we know how these things shake out. Give me the Packers by 10. Yeah, I, you know, here's the thing. I actually do think it matters. Um, significant amount actually whether Simeon or Peterman plays 
And the reason is, I mean, this is a Packers team that gave up 360 rushing yards or whatever it was the other day. It's terrible. Now, a lot of that was Jalen Hurts. He had a big game, and you know that's where Justin Fields could play a big role. But theoretically, the Bears running backs, which will probably be uh, David Montgomery and Darrington Evans again, they should have. They should be able to have success running the ball. But yeah, I don't know, man. If Peterman plays, I feel like then they can just load up the box, concentrate on stopping the run the whole game, and you know, oh, that make, is just a long day. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying Simeon. Look, Simeon didn't play that well against the Jets. In fact, he didn't play well at all. But I still trust him to run the uh, the offense, get some play action, at least keep the Packers from totally loading up. And if they do load up, maybe, you know, I, tr- I guess I trust Simeon a little bit more to hit Claypool or hit hit somebody downfield. Bears took some shots last week. Um, so to me, that could actually end up being a big difference in how competitive game plan though, but the Packers still have more playmakers. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is this could be the difference between like the bears losing by 21 again. Yeah. Only scoring 10 points. Let's be honest though. This Packers defense is way worse than what the jets had going out there last week. It's true. So I guess my point is with Simeon, I could see the bears getting in the twenties. If he doesn't play, then I think this score could end up looking a lot more like last week's score because I don't see how the Bears' defense slows down. I mean, I'd do another over-under at you. Christian Watson touchdowns, one and a half. He's definitely getting one. Yeah, I I mean, that's a great bet this week would be a Christian Watson anytime touchdown. I wonder what the odds are on that. So anyway, either way, even with Fields plays, I'm taking the Packers to cover. Four and a half. So, so take that and think about that for a little bit. There you go. All right, let's get to the other games. Also, Fox Noon, Jaguars at Lions. The Lions are a one-point home dog in this game. Trevor Lawrence looks good. Yeah. Look, looked good last week. Um, I'm going to take Lions can, in this one. Go ahead. Can I make a quick point on that? Go ahead. For all the um, people that are so dismissive of the idea that a that a game-winning drive might actually help Justin Fields. You, how do you think Trevor Lawrence is feeling this week after what how he played in that fourth quarter? Like, that was a big moment for him. Yeah. That stuff matters in development. Oh, that's what you want your quarterbacks to do. Right. I'm just saying, like, like let's Tom not... Tom dis- Brady's a legend because of such things. Well, I mean, there's just... there's There's been a movement out there that's like, you're overrating the importance of winning. And honestly, I'm not even talking about winning the game. Like, even if they had fallen short and not gotten that... Uh, was that one of the two-point conversion games? Yeah, can, can we... That, no one's... You can't ever overestimate the importance of winning. Yeah. The, this business is about winning. I just... Uh, my my point is Justin Fields could use a drive like Trevor Lawrence had at the end of the game last week. Uh, that being said, I'm taking the Lions. I like how they're playing... Um, I don't trust the Jaguars. Still the Jaguars. They burned me too many times this season. And um, even though the Lions are the Lions, they do seem to have turned a corner. I like them in this game. So I'm going to take the Lions. I'm surprised they're the underdog, to be honest with you. Just the tip there, Jim. Yeah, it wasn't enough. CBS, 
noon. Jets at Vikings. Vikings are a three-point home favorite. I'm going to take the Vikings. Okay. That's it. Um, I think I am too. I think the Mike White thing was uh, more due to the Bears. <laughs> then, the, I I just think yeah I'm I'm gonna I think I'm yeah. gonna go with the Vikings uh, yeah. on the road. Give me at home. I'm sorry. Give me the Vikings. Yeah. Do your research. All right, Fox Noon Titans at Eagles. Eagles five and a half point favorite at home. A lot of good games to yeah. look at this week. Uh, I like this one. I think Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the league now. He's facing Nick Sirianni, who should be the um, coach of the year, in my opinion. I'm going to take the Eagles here, but yeah, give me the Eagles by a touchdown. Okay. A lot of I'm running gonna, in this game. A lot of running. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Titans here. Um, the Eagles have been a little bit... Uh, they haven't been quite the same team the last month. You know, they lost the one game to the Commanders. They almost lost another one. They were fortunate. Was that against the Colts a couple weeks ago? Yep, that was against the Colts. And then... Um, you know, even against that pack, like that Packer game to me should have been an absolute blowout the other day, and they kind of let them back in. The Titans, man, they they play tough every single week, so I think they slip inside five and a half. If even if they, I wouldn't be surprised if Titans win this outright. To be honest with you, really, really? yeah, I, 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 I could see it happen. All right, how's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Fox 305 Dolphins at 49ers. This is a good game. Did you see that stat? The 49ers, who are minus four, sorry. Um, they have not allowed like a second half. To, they're, they're like the reverse Bears. Yeah. Where I, don't Bears, think I don't think they've allowed a point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so that's better than not allowing even a touchdown. In the past four games. Four games. I think they've like outscored that? opponents 37 to nothing or something like that. Yeah. I saw that. That that tweet, I think it's always CBS Sports with some graphic, right? And I thought about Nate Tice, what, what he said to us during training camp when we were standing on the top of the bleachers at Hallis Hall. He's like, you got to watch the 49ers, man. Their defense is legit. Yeah. Lots of talent, every single level. You're seeing it right now. And then you have that offense with a bunch of weapons that can stay on the field. Um, I love the Dolphins. I love what Tua and Mike McDaniel are doing together. I love all the, the mic'd up clips that you're getting from them every day on social media. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. But I'm, I'm taking the 49ers here. Buy a touchdown again. Okay. 49ers um, are four-point favorite. I'm going to go Dolphins here. I don't feel great about it. I'm really excited about this game. I just think the Dolphins are pretty damn good. The Mike McDaniel going back to California, going up against his former team is an int- interesting wrinkle. So, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. All right, and then uh, last one. Y'all stay Corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> CBS three twenty five Chiefs at Bengals. Bengals a two point home underdog. They bounced back last week. Yeah, I know, I know. But this yeah. is. Andrew Mar Chase is gonna be back. 
so yesterday in ESPN, they were talking about Burrow and Mahomes being the new Manning Brady. Yeah. Did you see that? I know my sons were talking about it, and I had to explain to them what Manning and Brady were back in the day. And I'm with it. I like that narrative. I'm buying that. I think Mahomes' Chiefs are a bit better, though, right now. Give me the Josh, Josh Allen has something to say about that, too. But I'm going to go Chiefs. I just think it's stupid to bet against the Chiefs late in the season. Yeah. Like, they don't lose. I almost feel like no one's talking about them enough. Um, the Chiefs? Ignoring them. You're talking about nobody's talking about the Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought before the season, one of the locks of the year was you were getting plus odds on the Chiefs to win the uh, AFC West. Because remember, it was like the most hyped up division. Everyone's talking about the Raiders and the Chargers and the Broncos have Russell Wilson. I'm like, you're going to bet against Patrick Mahomes? These are the greatest odds you're ever going to get on the Chiefs to win the division. Yeah. And now they're running away with it. So, um, I just, I don't know if you remember this. I want to say it was the week the Bears were in Green Bay last year, but the Bengals and 49ers played like an incredible game. I think in the late afternoon window. I could see this one going that way. Chiefs-Bengals being a really yeah. fun. I think there's two really fun games in the afternoon to watch. So, But I am going to go with the Chiefs. All right, before we get out of here, um, our producer, Kent, is saying that there's um, something Matt on... Nagy Matt Nagy soundbite going viral. Something about Matt Nagy. What question are you asking me? The first day that I met Coach Reed was at the facility. We had like the uh, meetings, like the top 30 visits. So I was in there for like five hours. Just He's just going grilled. through plays, going through plays. And uh, I'm going just going to give you all the inside scoop. Matt Nagy, who was the offensive coordinator then, he really liked me. So he gave me the plays they were going to go over the night before. So Coach Reed's finding out here wow. live on New Heights Podcast. Oh, my gosh. Matt <laughs> Nagy. How could you? Let's go. And yeah. So, of course, I crushed the meeting. I stayed up all night studying those plays. <laughs> it's like, man, this kid is locked in. We got ourselves a winner here. <laughs> As the process went on, I got a feeling that I was kind of going up in the draft. I had a couple of teams that said they were going to draft me, and I mean, that's true. Like, it's not like these coaches are making that up. I talked to them. Uh, during the draft process, and they were like, "Hey, if you're there, we're gonna we're gonna take you." I kind of gave a little inside info to the the Chiefs, and I was like, "Hey, if y'all let me go anywhere below at the time, I didn't know about the Saints, but I was like, if y'all let me go twelve or below, I'm gonna get drafted by someone else." You drafted yourself, and so I gave the Chiefs a little bit of in, a little Kansas bit of, a little bit of info on that because I wanted to be here. Let's go! That's incredible. Wow. That is incredible. Yes, he cheated on the test. Is it? Did he cheat or did Matt Nagy cheat? They both cheated. <laughs> wow. So take that and think about that for a little bit. Oh, we are. I am. So you have that much conviction on the guy. You help him out. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Now, I will say this. Matt Nagy felt he was more than enamored with, with Justin Fields as well. So now maybe, we got to we got to maybe fast he's better fields. maybe he's better at quarterback evaluating and actually developing them. Who knows? Well, the, we have to ask Justin Fields now if Matt Nagy gave him the answers on the test. Yeah. last year. <laughs> Wouldn't that be uh, who was the offensive coordinator back then? 
Bill Lazor. Bill Lazor doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to cheat on any test, though. No. No. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. Yeah. Okay. That was from the New Heights pod with the Kelsey brothers. Yeah, we should reference that. Great podcast. Yeah, the Kelsey brothers do a pod together and of got a lot out of fireworks. That's incredible. That's actually pretty good stuff there. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Ken. All right. Uh, any other final thoughts? No. No, we'll see what happens. So I guess I do. Brace yourself for some quarterback drama this weekend. I don't know. Maybe it's Nathan Peterman. Maybe it's Tim Boyle coming in up in the third quarter. Who knows? Oh, boy. We've been here before, Bears fans. Yeah. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. Ironically, now the quarterback's there and nothing else is there. And ironically, he's not there anymore for, for not much longer. Yeah, that's true, too. I feel like that's gotten like almost forgotten about. Yeah. Search is ongoing. Not convinced he's not going to be. It sounds like he's still going to be involved, though, with the stadium. Not but, for the time being. We'll yeah. See. That's probably not the worst thing. But All right. We're out of here. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. The sun is creeping in on Johns there. It's like a it solar is. eclipse. Either that or your house is on fire, <laughs> which I hope is not true. I got to close the blinds in the window. I mean, that is a burning sun coming in on you. So look, hold on. Where's the, you uh, can actually see it moving, too. It's kind of freaking me out. Yeah, look at that. Oh, my God. There's a solar eclipse going on in your house. I, I would call that your office, but it's not. It is not. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, who cares? Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter. Read us. Athletic. CHGO. Appreciate each and every one of you. Rate and review the podcast. Hit subscribe. Like on YouTube. Make sure you got the notification button going so you know when we go live post-game following the show. Get some more voicemails this week. Fire up the voicemail line. Uh, 872-205-6022. Want to hear from you during the game. Save it in your phone. Yeah. I know the number changed, but that was like three years ago now or something. At least two years ago. Yeah. I think this year we got to move Okay. I apologize. We'll we'll throw it out there on Twitter again for you during the game. All right, talk to you uh, Sunday after Bears Packers. See what happens. Yeah. The Packers, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, go Bears.